Welcome back to episode nine of the second listen. It has been a uh, long, long journey to get to this one through COVID and stuff like that. I'm here with uh, Colin and Trevor. How are you guys doing? Well, I thought you were just talking about the long journey I just had to take to get a headphone adapter that set this back by about 35 <laughs> minutes, but uh, that, that, that's how I'm doing. Me and Miles were just sitting here trying not to talk about the... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we looked at each other in the eyes intimately quite a few times. Um, Before we get to uh, the album of the week, which is not the album we said last time because uh, (laughs) we're liars and COVID happened and things changed, Uh, but we'll be doing Colin's album. We'll reveal it in a uh, second here, but first we have some uh, emails that were sent to us. Colin, you want to read those off for us? Uh, yeah, I have one piece of feedback from uh, my brother Jeff, loyal listener to episodes that I tell him to listen to. Uh, so I asked him, uh, he, I, I knew he was a big fan of Welcome to the Night Sky, which is the last album I brought to the podcast. And uh, I said, oh, by the way, like, how, how'd you like the podcast? He said, I talked too much. I said, yeah, thanks. Uh, what about like the actual podcast? Or, oh yeah, I asked him, sorry, I asked him, uh, do you hate weighty ghosts as much as we do? And he said, I definitely did for a long time, but when I did my re-listen right before the podcast, I wasn't actually a hater anymore, probably because I hadn't heard it in years, and my girlfriend listens to indie clap garbage way worse than that these days. <laughs> so that's that's some feedback from Jeff there, which I thought was pretty funny. And Trevor had uh, something too as well sent in. Yeah, a good friend of mine who's also... Also a loyal listener, uh, Travis Taylor, uh, wrote into our email, uh, thesecondlisten at gmail.com. If you ever have any feedback, feel free to shoot us, uh, shoot us a message and we'll b- be sure to get it featured on here. But uh, he commented and said that he actually thought the lyrics to Weedy Ghosts were quite good. And uh, his exact words were, I think it's about dissociation being a common byproduct of trauma. And even the cheesy poppy tone of the song and tropes like the hand claps and na-na-nas are an allegory for the way severely dissociated people appear fine on the surface. Uh, He ended it by saying that it is still his least favorite song on the album. Sounds like uh, my job is in jeopardy. All of us, like, the actual actual good analysis. I I was like, oh, damn, that's that's actually, I was like, oh, we should feature that because it's actually quite a... Yeah, good take on the lyrics. Yeah. And I don't really have any. I think that's a pretty valid uh, valid approach, too. It has a better take than your first take on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I> agreed. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Colin, why don't you uh, tell us what album you are bringing to the table today? Yeah, well, I'm bringing the album that's probably in the title of this podcast. So it's, I don't think it's much of a mystery, but it's uh, <laughs> Songs for the Death by <laughs> Queens of the Stone Age. Um Another, I, I said, uh, I think I said last time on Welcome to the Night Sky, that might be the album I've listened to most of my life. If, if that isn't, then this probably is. So it's another album I'm very familiar with. Um, came out at a time when like hard rock is pretty appealing because 2002, I'm 11, I guess. And it's just like, oh yeah, emotion, anger, like, but, but also like catchy stuff. Uh, hopefully the analysis will get better than that as we go here but um yeah that's that's my i guess brief backstory with it what's what's yours miles well actually you kind of got me into queens of stone age when we were living at the at mall town shout out mall town mm-hmm. um 
I was kind of just getting over my rap phase. And <laughs> since I was uh, in a band and playing drums, I was getting a lot more interested in, in new bands and stuff. And although I'd heard of Queens of the Stone Age and a couple of the songs that will, will be mentioned on this uh, this album, you were the one that kind of got me to deep dive into them. And yeah, I fell in love with them. This is also, I've listened to this album hundreds of times probably. Uh, and yeah, Queens of the Stone Age is definitely like a big influence in, in my musical endeavors so uh i was pretty stoked it was i mean it was either you or me that was probably going to bring this album to the yeah. table so uh yeah i'm glad we're doing it today what about you trav how familiar are you with uh this album um i mean before this episode i was already like relatively familiar with it um i'll say like probably relative to the majority of the population it took me a while to get queens in the stone age get into queens of the stone age um but yeah i was i was excited to see this picked because it is i know it's a solid queens of the stone age album and i enjoy a lot of the songs on it um it's not my favorite queens of the stone age album but uh but yeah um i think probably my like you know when we went to queens of the stone age i was thinking about this earlier today actually when we went to the queens of the stone age at save on after that was probably like when I first started getting into them for real. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I'd actually seen them once before that at Sasquatch, mm. which was also, it was actually a way better show, but it just like didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, at arena shows are Savon really sucks for Sam. Yeah. I've yeah. seen them twice well, at Savon. I think if you're, times. were you on the floor both times though? No. One time I was in the, these seats and it still sucked the sound i don't even, I, honestly i saw that when like, i was way younger so i i don't really remember that show because i also wasn't even a fan of them when i went oh, and okay. saw them the first time so i like i knew who they were but like didn't listen to all their stuff just to um i guess put this album into context before we get into it i'll, I'll like just give a really brief history here so are the oh, i didn't even write down the members but i'm sure i'll be fine um Josh Homme's on guitar and like the main main vocalist and main driving force behind the band. Nick Olivieri's on bass, and they played together in Caius in the early '90s to mid '90s when uh, when they were both quite young. I think Josh Homme's like 16 or 17 at that time. Um, that band breaks up. Josh Homme starts playing in Queens of the Stone Age, but before that, actually, he um, he was touring with Mark Lanigan in Screaming Trees for a couple months, and uh, Mark Lanigan comes in featured on this album a little bit. Uh, I haven't really checked out the Screaming Trees. I don't know if either of you guys have. But, you no, know, they've been on my, like, two... Yeah, me too. Yeah, like, I've been meaning to check them out for a while, but, like, I uh, just, like, haven't for whatever reason. Um, to, to finish the band history here, this album has Dave Grohl on drums, whose um, presence is pretty pretty apparent if, if you're familiar <laughs> with his work behind the drum kit. It's, he, his style sticks out pretty heavily. I think I hit every, every band member there. Um, then there's also some guest musicians that come in on this album as well. Um, this is the third Queen's the Stone Age album, which comes after uh, Rated R, the second one. And, and I almost feel like they're in reverse order for how they should have been released. Like, this is very much an evolution of the first album, which is as straightforward as it gets rock. But then Rated R is, is much more experimental. And it, it's strange that the experimental comes before the... Wait, this is not their third album, because there's Era Vulgaris in there. No, that's no, after that's this. After. Is that? No, yeah, is yeah, it Air, actually? Air Vulgaris yeah. is 2007. 
and oh, um or sorry uh lullabies to paralyzes after this then and Arable then Arable 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 yeah, no. um which is my favorite album you and and trevor what what's uh what did you mention your... i thought you said this was your favorite album no i think era vulgaris is overall at least it has the highest okay. highs in my opinion um era vulgaris is my favorite album nice yeah I should have, sorry for not bringing that one. No. Anyway, to, to just to finish it off, there's two albums after that where Josh Ami just decides he's like going to abandon the guitar and try to suit his melodies instead of riffs, which is a big mistake in my opinion. Miles is shaking his head. I don't know how much of an autopsy we want to do. I guess I got to let him defend that at least. So go ahead, Miles. Why do you like modern Queens of the Stone Age? I mean, it's just like their music is evolving. Like he's, as humans, we evolve. So should people's yeah, like you don't have to stick to the same thing why not bro why not do what you want why not oh like, no yeah i i, I just it, he he wants to like feature his voice more than the guitar now and as I just, he I, should his voice is so smooth yeah criminal. but like the melodies he chooses now are just so over the top in my opinion anyway we're not even talking about modern queens me and miles disagree there we've had discussions before i'm sure we will again although i'll pose you a question when was the last time you listened to villains like very recently was it related to me bringing queens of the stone no okay no, okay unrelated. fine so, so you like it a lot better than i do um yeah the uh a couple more it's just clerical album. couple more clerical notes before we get into this one uh the producer is eric valentine who um there's some really really in-depth interviews with him on youtube i'm hoping trevor checked them out yeah i did good because uh <laughs> i, also I have... tried to watch one just went so over my head <laughs> i have some okay so on the i read uh or i scanned but i didn't read the whole interview because it was pretty both the like format of the site that it was on and the interview itself the font was so fucking small you can, but anyways, you can adjust that no it was like a it was like a <laughs> screenshot of something anyway, oh. so it was from reddit <laughs> it's like a letter if handwritten to, uh, <laughs> yeah from a quail anyways, feather so eric valentine was actually uh like kind of forced on the band uh by interscope records and in the interview they basically said that they gave him producer credits as like a formality and that he didn't really do too much, just like did the recording. Who was this then, coming from, though? Because yeah, Josh Homme. Because and the band. Um, apparently, apparently they. I know they didn't like him. Yeah, and I know, I know like I've like heard him. an interview with Josh Homme where they said like clearly like they they this band has a big rebellious streak to them, yeah. and it was like oh this guy's from the record label, fuck him. Well, and they were they so they said they like oh we knew he didn't like drugs, we were like putting cocaine on his console and stuff like that. Like they okay. didn't want to yeah, like, like him. I, I, that is kind of a dick move. Yeah, they were know. they were kind of dicks when they were younger. But they for still sure. are. Uh, I think less so. Um. Anyway, the like, the the two production yeah. notes that uh, that I took from reading this and um. Both of them become pretty apparent when you're listening. I think one is that the cymbals for the majority of the album were recorded separately than the toms and snare and kick drum. And um, if you listen for that, you pick it up right away. Like you can totally tell that it's not as washy when uh, when you're listening for that. The other thing is that um, you would think with these down tuned guitars that Queens of the Stone Age use, like most most songs are in down two whole steps down to a low C. Um, you think of these booming lows, but it, it sounds like what they did for the guitar tones on this album are boosted the mids a lot, which is interesting because that's that wouldn't be as a non-producer. That wouldn't be my thought as to how you would get the most out of that sound. But I mean, they did do that being said, like so in the <clears throat> excuse me, in the uh, interview with Eric Valentine, he does talk. Um, he talks a lot about, yeah, they just like pressed the mids a lot on this record, but also 
Um, they did a lot with the guitar. Like they did some interesting. Like so, they you can if you mic behind uh, a guitar cab, you can get away. It's basically like very little top end and just like really low end, uh, chunky guitar sound. He also used uh, a ribbon room mic, which like ribbons are, are ribbon mics are kind of known for like a smoother low end and like tapered off high end. So he does like he goes over uh, songs for the deaf, which I thought was an interesting choice because so, do you mean song for the deaf? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, because it's of all the songs on the album, it's almost the least played on Spotify by like. I don't know, it's like a third of the listens of almost every other song. So anyways, um, but that was the song that he talked about, like, getting the guitar tones on. And uh, and the guitar, like, it is a pretty, like, the guitar tones are still pretty bassy and chunky. Mm -hmm. Like, Well, that's from the use of, like, a bass amp, though, isn't it? Yeah, because, yeah. and that's yeah. right. That's another thing they did, too, is they ran it through, uh, I can't remember the exact Ampeg amp, but they ran it through a bass amp as well, which, like, you know, obviously, you're going to get a bassier guitar tone. But yeah, it's a pretty, I'd say it's a pretty cool interview, you know, just Google recording of mm. this album, Songs for the Death. I think we watched the same thing. Oh, where, did you yeah, watch Where he, he like was trying to tell you what he did, but respecting the band's wishes of not telling what they did. His banter was a little bit, it was a little he's bit a much. Little, he's, yeah. He could have cut to the chase a bit more. Um, so could we, because we haven't even started talking about this album <laughs> yeah. yet. Uh, last overall point, though, as I say that. Um, okay, I have I, things to say before we jump in, well, I think I'll the, make them quick. Yeah, sure. Ahead. I think, I think, oh, I just want to ask you guys this, like the concept of this album as a whole about how with the radio interludes and uh, it's, it's supposed to mimic the drive from L.A. back to the desert where Josh is from. Um, I actually really, really like it as a concept, and I think it's executed well with the inserts strategically placed to naturally let the album flow. Uh, what do you guys think? Because I can okay. see that being... I'm going to dive right into this, because this is probably my main gripe Okay, yeah, I was wondering, I was wondering. <laughs> I say I didn't have the context that it was supposed to be, like, you know... <clears throat> Uh, I didn't, yeah, I just didn't read that in that it was supposed to be like Josh Homney's drive back through the desert or mm -hmm. whatever. And I will say like, there's a lot of the, like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, non-musical, not just the radio experts, but some of the other, like, uh, like the first song, I actually think the first song works as like a starting to the thing. And like some of the radio stuff I think works, but there is just too much of it. Like I actually almost like 9.3% of the album is for lack of a better term, like nonsense. Please tell me that's exact. It is. You... I counted up the <laughs> nice, <seven. laughs> nice, nice. That is amazing. Okay, so, so that's almost ten percent yeah. of the album of just like because there's songs where it's like a minute after the song yeah. ends, and it's just like and okay, like for me, like I like and especially this kind of album, it's fun to listen to loud. I like listening to it loud. You're like listening to this fucking like not like pretty nice sounding like well sonically sculpted song super loud and then just this like lo-fi radio announcer comes yeah. in it's like super grating that's, on that's the ears that's exactly why i love it miles you gotta oh you gotta settle God. the tie here i mean i like the whole concept and listening to it like for a first time would be pretty cool and definitely like if that's what like you want people to listen to your vision I think, yeah, leave it in. But do I skip it every time now that I've heard it? A million times. Oh, time. really? Because I, I never skip it. I, I mean, never hit next song. If I'm ever. conveniently thinking about, like, 
if I have it there, I'm skipping it. Like from yeah. the first time I listened to this album, like Some of them every are funny, time though. I hate it. Like I've listened to it a lot. Of the, like it's not. I don't even think they should get rid of all of it for the record. Like I think, uh, I think it's a cool idea, and like it does. I think it the idea is executed well. I just think they got a bunch of radio announcers, and they should have. They just should have done it a bit less. I don't know. Well, they just, got a bunch of their friends doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, no, and I looked on the credits. It's like actual DJs. I think maybe one one was an actual DJ, but a lot of well, them are just like their names. friends. And, yeah, 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 they did. Oh, okay. Because it was like on the credits, it was like DJ so-and-so and DJ. And I was like, what? Yeah, what? no, like I know like uh, I think Eagles most... of Death Metal guy was one yeah, of them. Yeah, Jesse was Hughes is in there. The preacher, uh, Elaine Johannes is one of Natasha. them. Natasha. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Elaine Johannes' right. wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Best so yeah, that get that out of the way. And I, I have like kind of notated... <laughs> the musical break so we can bring up specific uh radio interludes as they appear in the album here but uh we should probably start talking about the album um and okay i I guess another thing is that on digital versions of the album we have the real song for the deaf which is actually a hidden track at the start of the cd that you had to rewind to find so it's not really rewind a cd some cd players have the ability to rewind and and i guess even modern cd players now if there's a such thing have trouble with this and can't even play it which is kind of funny or no or no it's when the the data gets ripped it can't be played or something i was i was reading about that but um i'm not even going to talk about it it's not part of the album i do want to say that that's really funny because when i started listening to this I've, i've listened to it on my cd for so long that it just starts off with you think I ain't worth a million, yeah. but no, that's how it does start. You have to rewind that song to get yeah, to yeah, the real yeah. song. So I, yeah, so I didn't notice that. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very well executed hidden track. It I, doesn't ultimately provide anything. I will say I do huh? like what? that as a start. <laughs> what the huh? What? <laughs> And no, it, uh, no, like the, like, no, not that. Well, I mean that part's uh, fine, but I mean like the having the like low. Because when I first saw the like. Uh, this album, I was like, oh, the real songs for the deaf should just be like low end rumble. And then that's legit is the real songs for the deaf. So anyways, that's all I have to say on that. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there. No, I, I mean, I, I don't have passionate feelings about the real song for the deaf. I just don't think it's that's really part of the album. Favorite um, song in the album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the album actually starts out with, uh, and I just wrote down Millionaire, but I think it's officially titled You Think I Ain't Worth a Dollar, dot, 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 but I feel like a millionaire. Um, I think million bucks would have been way better, but um, just a side note. Yeah. I think it's funny how this, like, this album definitely uh, starts out quietly, intentionally, so you turn it up, and then when it really kicks in, it, yeah. like, you have to turn it down, which actually happened when we were setting up, which <laughs> I thought was pretty funny, because I have it noted down that, like, you always over-adjust the turn-up when you listen to this album. Um, it's one of the most primitive riffs possible, but um, one thing I like about Josh Homme's work is that he's not afraid to, like, he doesn't have to be virtuosic, he can just, he's totally comfortable just playing this, like, beginner guitar riff and just adding the little fills throughout that are that are killer um i think it's interesting they start with a nick singing instead of josh in a queens of stone age album i guess at this point it really was the the the, a creative project between both of them rather than josh's band like it is today but um yeah killer guitar tone aggressive song i think it's a great ending or sorry a great start (laughs) not a great ending yeah, what do you guys think? I, I think I I just imagine like people loving no one knows and go with the flow and then they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give this album a try. And then this just like jarringly 
heavy riff with Nick screaming into the microphone hits them. I, I just think yeah, that... it's almost like uh, yeah, you also have to be in on this to listen to this album. Yeah, not, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I like how it comes in with like dampened drums and then it just explodes. Um, and there is a clap that like I don't really think is necessary. <laughs> Because I just got beat with claps, yeah. but like this is like I don't know why not. Like Dave, Dave Grohl can hit that snare just fine, and yeah, just I, the drums on the whole album just sounds so super good. But like you just get you just get your first taste of their cohesiveness, and and the stoner rock riffs are still true to Queens of the Stone Age, and the repetitive, heavy desert sounding riffs are still there. Mm. So yeah, what do you think, Jeff? Uh, I like this song. I think it should have gone from the real songs for the deaf directly into the lo-fi drums and skip the Kit 40, Casper clone radio. 40 seconds of garbledy <laughs> gook at the beginning. But uh, Kip Casper. <laughs> I think it's an okay opener. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like the vocal. Yeah, like I think yeah. they kind of like they kind of work. And I don't know. Yeah, it is a good opener to the album. I don't have too much other stuff to say about it. Um, it's a fun riff. And I think it does kind of like we've talked about in the past, like, does it tell you what's to come? And I think it I think it does. Yeah. Like, it's a good mm-hmm. average of like, you know, it's not six shooter, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's not uh, no one knows either. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do also like when they just stop it and you think that the song's over. Yeah, <laughs> like, which they do so many times would, on this yeah, album. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. But just first, again, just thinking about that one person, that innocent go with the flow uh, listener who just gets slapped again in the mouth with that big wall of sound. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, lyrically, uh, there's not much here. Although I do like uh, it. It seems to just be about like going hard partying kind of thing just like rocking out i do love the line four on the floor fortified by the liquor store that's just like we're just jamming here you know yeah. i love that that is yeah. a really good line yeah. actually i didn't pick that up i do now that you say it i'm like oh yeah he does say that but yeah. it's, it's like it's so screamy i hadn't even realized yeah. that's what he's saying and and i probably should just uh to do some housekeeping here this was a repurposed desert sessions song mm-hmm. which was uh Josh Homme side project where they just make an album in like three days under heavy narcotic use. I think a few uh, of these. The, the, yeah, uh, this and um, I, th- I think Hanging I wrote tree. them down. Yeah, Hanging Tree. And that might be it. Um, but a quick, quick uh, interlude here. This is the only album that Dave Grohl plays on, correct? For Queens of the Stone Age, yes. Yeah. He, yeah, he, no, was, no, uh, he, he was the Nirvana drummer, actually. <laughs> no, he, played, he, played, okay. he played on Little Sister, and he mm. played on oh, really? Like Clockwork, too. Wait, the whole album or just no, a few no, songs? No, just, no, just okay, a few yeah, songs. Yeah. Little Sister, yeah, the, the song, drums on this album, not, we've already said it. no album called Little Sister. Briefly, but they're fucking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Like, like, that's what I wanted to say before we got into this. But yeah, the drums are just like this. These are the best sounding drums I've I've heard, yeah. I think. Like, they sound so good. And, and Dave Grohl's playing himself. I mean, he gets a lot of hate as being like Rock's poster boy these days. But uh, he's such a good drummer. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> he suits songs so well. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, should we get into the second song? Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of suiting a song, the chorus of No One Knows has some of the 
sickest dropping I've ever heard. So I will, okay, I'll let you go on, but I'll just comment. The chorus in No One Knows and the chorus in Go With The Flow, which are probably the two biggest singles off this album, if you listen to the drums on both of them, they follow a pretty similar style. And like, yeah, yeah, he does yeah, like yeah. a fill, then while the vocals the, are going, and then it like, the vocals come back and go straight, and the then front it's the same half, thing. This happens all the time through this album. I wrote, wrote this out as like the same rhythmic figure, which like I haven't notated in any way, but the front half of a four bar section is like half time, and then it goes to full time on the back half of the same section. Yeah. It comes up a lot in this album, um, effectively. Yeah, it is effective yeah. in both the songs, but it is like, I was kind of like, oh yeah, those chorus drums are like, you know, the fills are obviously different. They're different songs, but yeah. like, I was like, yeah. There's a rest. There's a science behind the madness. You know what you're doing. Uh, (laughs) So this song, the writing credits are Josh Homme and Mark Lanigan. So I guess he had to do with the creation of the chord progression or the riffs or something because I don't hear his voice here. But um, the fills in the guitar are so killer. Again, second song in a row that just he's filling up space so well. There's just this gnarly minor second at one point. Um, I didn't time snap it, so Trevor can have fun finding that. But uh, that's that's my favorite one of them. The vocals are, are really good in this song. Um, this is one where you can clearly hear the cymbals playing separate from the rest of the drums, especially in the chorus. Um, I wish the breakdown was a little bit longer coming out of the second chorus. It's just such a killer breakdown, and they, they end it pretty quick, go into the bass interlude so, number one into a killer solo into bass interlude number two and then bring everything back such a well-constructed song um uh, my only other note is um and this is one of those things where i just wrote it down and it's just not gonna flow from the rest of what i'm saying but i find nick's uh bass playing throughout the whole album um i think he's pretty underrated as a bassist i think he's a really good bassist um his fills specifically in this song are pretty much all quarter notes and keeping the same beat as the drums and the whole song but he just knows when to play a fill and what notes to hit and they sound really good uh, i'm assuming both you guys love this song yeah yeah no i like this song it's a great song i don't think i mean unless you're not a big like rock fan or you just hate anything that anybody likes then you probably it's, i don't know it's a good song well this was certainly overplayed and it's it was it was and i think that's part of why i was thinking about this today uh in the car because i was listening to this on my way to work and like i was like why did it take me so long to get into the queens of the stone age and i think there was a period of time when like it, the radio at least in victoria was like heavily saturated with queens of the stone age and I mean, you didn't really hear anything other than, like, Little Sister, No One Knows, yeah, Go yeah. With The Flow. Like, it's not like you were hearing stuff off Air of Vulgaris. <laughs> rather I was, that well... than I Sat By The Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sat By The Ocean. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, this is a sick song. I actually think, I don't know that I would, uh, I think the breakdown is well-crafted. I don't know that I would w- want it any longer. Like the dun 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 part is what I'm talking about. Not the yeah. solo. No, yeah, okay, but, but yeah. when it goes quieter, it's like, you know, it gets like a lot quieter all of a sudden, and then it ramps back up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say yeah. <laughs> uh, that, oh, yeah. and and six strings in the solo too in the background. I gotta say that too. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the only other thing is I'll comment on is there's like I don't know if it's him whispering. So yeah, this is the breakdown, by the way. Just to oh, okay, off. this is not what I was talking about. What's in our oh, ears really? right now? Yeah, I was talking coming out of the second chorus. Anyway, this will not. For those who don't know, we li- are listening to the songs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is this um, not? Maybe I don't know. Maybe, my, I'm tripping out. Now. Miles, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah. Right. I have one more thing to say here. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, there's a part right at the beginning when he says, I think it's no, there's two lines and it's either him like whispering in it and then there's like distortion or what I actually think it is, is like a vocoder that's like fed with a, uh, a noise signal. So like a vocoder basically like uh, breaks up your voice into like different bands and like uses those bands to like create your, uh, the formant of your voice. So it kind of makes you like a sound like a robot and then you use like a signal to drive that. So like if you do that with a, and like a white noise oscillator, it kind of sounds like it does in the back of the this point. I will listen for that. Yeah. Um, Pills to swallow and no one knows at the very beginning are the two exits that happen in the background. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I do know what you're talking about now. Um, yeah, Miles, go. You haven't said anything yet. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, I think people kind of take this this riff for granted because it's so it's been played so many times but like it is such a good catchy guitar yeah. riff uh and this is like the first song you kind of get introduced to these like real i call them the undead falsetto harmonies that they like to do on this whole album where it's just like ah, ah. <laughs> yeah like it's just like very creepy eerie uh yeah a lot of oohs and ahs where you wouldn't expect them yeah yeah, and yeah, they did that like just in the verses randomly, like, and it just works so well. Uh, probably jo- Josh Homme drops his like most iconic. Well, I guess probably because the song's most heard, but his solo that probably everybody knows. Um, you mean Tom Morello? <laughs> <laughs> Great callback to a previous podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, a uh, really good song. Hi. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I will say I do like the way uh, it goes from uh, whatever that last song. It ain't worth a dollar or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> into no one knows. I just think there's no like transition there, but they just flow really nicely into into one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts right away after Millionaire ends. Yeah, it always um, that first cut always. I'm always like, oh, no one knows, and it just. Like, yeah, I don't think many people don't like this song. No, that's the thing. Like, even though it's so overplayed, it's just so good that. It, it doesn't even have those people like yeah you know you like no one knows i like the deeper cuts it's like no i also like no one knows it's a really good song yeah um after this song we have uh the, another radio excerpt of uh elaine johannes speaking spanish uh I, this one's like drilled into my memory forever because when i used to download this off limewire or whatever this was at the end of the song and i was like what the hell is this <laughs> But, uh, like, uh, I, I googled a translation, and it's basically, like, this is ridiculous Spanish name. At the radio station where rock never dies, we're going to listen to a couple of songs by Queens of the Stone Age. Firstly, first it giveth. What awesome music. Here we go. Something like that. So that's that's the Spanish at the end of the song, if anyone's Into curious. first it giveth we go. Yeah. What do you think about this one, Colin? It's not my favorite. Um, I like the acoustic bit. There's almost no acoustic guitar on the whole album uh, other than the last song but this uh it's just a little little piece in the middle of this song that i think is much needed um, and then i pretty much only have written down that dave Grohl is going really hard in the chorus of this song uh it's not my favorite song but um it's 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 okay it's not my least favorite or anything uh my one note is that the harmonies that jump in the guitar are all playing major thirds and it's a really strange way to harmonize this uh single note guitar riff but yeah that was just a little exercise i did earing that one out <laughs> so i had to bring it up yeah uh speaking of the drums 
in the chorus, I actually don't know how, like, I'm not sure, I need to watch and see how he's playing this, because, like, I don't think it's possible. Like, I actually don't think it's, I, I used to think this back in the day, because I knew that they recorded the cymbals and the, uh, and the toms and snare and kick separately, so I was just like, okay, they just, like, threw in crashes where it's actually not humanly possible to play, but... I think it is. I think that I'm just. There is a um. There's a show that's like decent quality of them playing, and I think it's in Philadelphia shortly after the release, or maybe even shortly before the release of this album. And they play probably two thirds of the songs off "Songs for the Deaf," so you could. Yeah, I'm look pretty for sure there. there was just one crash where I'm like, no, that's, he's already <laughs> using his hands. He can't do that. Um, do you like the song though? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I like the song a lot, and. Uh, yeah, I really like the creepy like whispers that are just like yeah. bouncing from the left and the right. Yeah, I agree with that. I like those whispers too. And yeah, just like the the highlight though is that little acoustic breakdown yeah. in the middle, and then they I think they do it at the, again at the end yeah. to close out the song, and it just sounds yeah the acoustic sounds so good, just like snuck in there. Oh, this was single three too. Uh, which I, right. I don't remember ever oh, hearing really? this on the radio. No, I yeah, know. I'm surprised. Uh, I was surprised to hear you didn't like this song, though, because I, I, well, mean, I didn't say I didn't like. I just think okay, it's a, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair it's enough. a comparatively it's to a the song rest of on the album. album. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like this song though. It's uh, I think the bass tone, especially at the at the start, you just like get that dirty bass. Sounds yeah, pretty, sounds pretty dope. But yeah, I mean, this song, the album is definitely packed with uh, a lot of bangers. So. You know, it's easy for a song like this that another band would this could be like one of their best songs. It's just sort of like another song yeah, on the yeah. album. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoy it. I don't have too much. The stuff that I enjoy has already been mentioned, but oh yeah, there's cool little. There's a lot of cool little uh, like guitar like shots and just like weird like slides and kind of like noisy bits at the transition points of phrases and stuff that I think work really well. Um, lyrically, it's clearly about drugs, confirmed by Josh Homme. <laughs> <laughs> you can rely on them to get you to somewhere, but then uh, they start having their negative effects. Or so I've heard. Ain't that the truth? I'm saying that like I do a lot of drugs, but I just don't. It made me sound cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the banger here. Uh, Song for the Dead. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it probably is my favorite song on the album. It's just, like, it, I think this is the most, the intro to this song is the most, like, iconic Queens of the Stone Age anything. Which is funny because it's um, partially ripped off from a Black Flag song called Slip It In. At least the drums are. Um, That's right. That's a gnarly title for a song. A song for the dead? Or <laughs> no, slip, slip It In. Yeah. Slip It In. Slip It In? Yeah. Is it Slip It In? Or? Slip It In, yeah. yeah. Um, Black they, Flag is pretty tight though. Uh, Henry L- Rollins is an uh, interesting guy, but anyways, the, like yeah, the intro is so killer. The organ starts off with this like I think it's a tritone, um, just the most energetic drums, cool riff with Josh Homme playing the harmonics, and then the main riff of this song. Like, what is this? This is such a weird riff to this song. It works. Um, the, the way that they all trade fills is is like why isn't that done more in songs i guess i guess it's just i don't know if it was influenced by something here or if they filthy just, casuals yeah well they... exactly like our band tried to do this one time to nowhere near as great of an effect <laughs> but um i like i think they just kind of have rights on this 
style forever with this song. I'm yeah. not aware of any other songs like this, and anything else would sound like a homage to it. Um, Mark Lanigan's voice is so gnarly, and it's it's just so suited to a song called Song for the Deaf. Or, sorry, Song for the Dead. Like, come on, really? You're going to give two songs titles that similar? <laughs> um, yeah, there's so many just little points. The chorus doesn't even have vocals. There's, like, the crazy, uh, like, downshift, upshift, for lack of a better term, right before the outro picks up again, which is really cool. That Like, the outro goes on way too long, and it's so, like, self-indulgent, but it's also just so cool at the same time. I don't know. Great, 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 great song. Uh, you guys? Okay, so one thing I'll, I'll say about this song, and I'm super stoked you didn't mention it. Uh, you're going to mention it. Yeah, <laughs> go, rhythmic go figure. for it. The, the fucking no, drums. the drums are in the left. Uh, yes! It's, no, okay, they start in the center. And yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. And then they, oh, they for are. almost the entire song, the, yeah, the they rest go to the, the song left, left, and then they come back at the end to the center. And it's like, this song, I think, really highlights just how amazing these drums are like the drums yeah. recording are like this starts off with that sick drum intro where they're right down the center and then like you don't even really realize it because like there's so much else going on but then like when you think about it it's like the drums are way off to the left everything else is like balancing it on the other side you don't hear that very often in music and it just like works cloud nothing's wish that they could have <laughs> just those drums in the left um i didn't last thing i want to mention by the way uh, what a killer solo. Like, Josh Homme doesn't just, like, play pentatonic stuff. He plays the weirdest rhythms in his solos and odd notes. Killer solo that should be talked about more. <laughs> he should just have his own scales named after yeah. him. <laughs> uh, I, I know you like the song, Miles, because you used this drum intro as a warm-up like and, like, a sound check. should have so. their own scales named after him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's, that's for another oh, week. Okay. That's We're just week. throwing shade at each uh, other now. The teasers, man. Uh, Miles, <laughs> you Stay tuned so, to find out Assuming you love this song, Miles. Yeah, yeah, this song is sick. Uh, the drum intro is, like, what I sometimes play once in a while to warm-up. I remember there was a show I was... <laughs> I feel like every drummer knows this because there's a show I played with uh, my former band, Black Wallace, up at the Duncan Showroom. Shout out, Duncan Showroom. And I think it was Mulligan was playing and their old drummer... I was in the backstage loading up and their old drummer started playing this and I was just like, he's doing my thing! <laughs> and then I, we brought it out and I was just like, yeah, it's, it's sick. Um, but yeah, the drums in the left, like that's just a such a weird thing to just go for. And I can't believe that didn't register with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also Mark Lanigan, like he is not a typical singer that I would like, and I want to not like him so much, but he works on every single song. Yeah, he's so, so good. So good. And, and just fuck it. Yeah, and like, like honestly, like I like Nick all, uh, Nick Oliveri. Is it? I thought it was yeah. Oliveri. Yeah, it is. Okay, you said it weird at the start. Oh, of the episode. I, I said, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I like Nick Oliveri's voice better than Mark Lanigan's, but like, not if that makes sense. Like, it just doesn't yeah. on this album. Anyways. It's just so gnarly, Mark Lanigan's voice. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, like it tastes like he, or it sounds tastes like it sounds like he's eating gravel or something. Like who? What is this? Like I, I almost want to look up an interview with him. Like man. what do you sound like normally? Yeah, what? and it's just like, <laughs> and it's well, <clears throat> I do know he has like health problems, so maybe yeah. it's like I don't know. Um, but uh, 
I, I do think it's crazy how like just like there's just like two notes being played and it's just like driven completely by the drums and it's so captivating the whole time. Like well, the, the whole time. I would argue that the, the fills in the verses are equally important to this song. Yeah, this no, fill... I know. I'm just talking. Sorry, I'm just talking about the outro and the intro. Oh, yeah. Like, how yeah. crazy is that? It's just like literally yeah. two notes being played yeah. and the... you're just like captivated because the drums are driving the song so insanely. I mean... And that, again, and, and the like this guitar sound. It's not like it. It, it sounds so good. Like oh, it's, it's so yeah. The tone it, is killer on every song. Yeah. It's so good. And like yeah, like you know, like Miles was just saying, the drum fill at the end of that song has got to be one of the sickest drum fills to end this song. Like, yeah. Dude, and like the way they accent, like the guitars accent with the with drums. The drum. Yeah. Are, yeah, it's sick. Um, yeah, there's, there's some synergy. There's some crazy synergy between. And Dave and Nick too, the rhythm yeah. section. Okay, fuck the Foo Fighters. Uh Dave Grohl. What's what I mean? Get just... Dave behind the drum. Dude, that would be the dream. I'm just not a big like I like some Foo Fighters stuff, don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah. but like No, I would way rather him <laughs> you said fuck the Foo Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I read I read his uh his like autobiography, Dave Grohl's, and he's just like he wrote about like It doesn't surprise me that he has an autobiography yeah. already. <laughs> <laughs> the Dude, most he just wrote, well, I mean, he went through Nirvana. I mean, Nirvana, you gotta write something. Yeah. Okay, he's been in arguably three of, or like at least two of the best rock albums of the past, like uh, twenty years. Yeah, yeah, but even even he said because I know he wanted to drum on Rated R actually, and he said he's just like. Yeah, I had the Foo Fighters was kind of like I just kind of wanted like to take a break them. from being a yeah like he, he wanted risked. to take a break from being a front man that like definitely put them in jeopardy i know taylor hawkins was like pissed about it and stuff but he's just like oh how could i not give up the opportunity being like in the most badass rock yeah band. he he risked the foo fighters and he's been friends with josh for so long too to so. drum on this um yeah again like this is not a lyrical album i wouldn't say no but um i do like the line life's the study of dying so it's cool that's yeah, cool that is a very good line it's um, funny i mean whole... josh is pretty clever the whole Dave Grohl thing, though, I uh, I casually uh, oh, I homaged guess that was Mark, it, wasn't it? Yeah. when uh, Miles was talking there. I kind of interrupted him. Lives. But, like, I didn't actually know Dave Grohl drummed on this until there's, like, the one cut in that song, in uh, Songs for the Dead, where he cuts and he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the background. I was like, was that Dave Grohl? <laughs> and so then, yeah, I looked it up. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure enough. Because I was like, I didn't, I didn't realize he played with uh, Queens of the Stone Age at all. But then, yeah, sure enough. But um, yeah, I'll just say a few other things about that song. I don't know if Miles has no, I'm, um, I'm good. I'm has more to say, well, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's like the sort of like guitar. I, I'm curious of how what they actually did, but there's like the guitar bass slides into like what sounds like a car crash. Oh, right before dude, that. Dude, I had that, and I oh, even had. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say with like the downshift upshift. It sounds so cool. I have an at sign for like when I was gonna write the time, and I just didn't write. Oh, I I wrote it down, but like, I think it's right before the cut where Dave Grohl's like, "What?" at the end of it, and it's it's super cool, and it doesn't sound like it sounds very organic, you know, like it doesn't sound like a sample they placed in there. It sounds, I don't know how to explain. It's definitely a sound that came out of an amp. Yes, and that's and actually that's one thing that Eric Valentine said in the interview is that like, I mean he was talking about distortion, but like part of their aesthetic for this album was like instead of using pedals to like get distortion was to just like push the amps to their absolute limit. Sometimes using smaller amps, 
um, so that it sounded like things were just about to fucking explode and yeah. like break down. And it comes and, like, across. Yeah, and get the distortion that way, which is like, yeah, like, I mean, mid range is like key. And like, I mean, ugh, yeah, the it, guitar tones on this album are amazing. It's just and funny weird that awesome. like such a, the key to a, such a heavy album is mid range. Yeah, well, but it's, it also like it allows the bass to have its own space, right? And like in so much of this metal, modern I metal these of, days, uh, I wouldn't. I don't. Th- I think the bass gets a little buried on this album, to be honest. Um, maybe, I think it kind of blends right because the guitars are so chunky. Maybe buried is quite the wrong term, but it's like there, it's very. There are some songs where I'm like, I wish Nick Oliver was turned up a little bit yeah and like i think because the guitars have so much uh low-end presence as well they kind of just like and maybe that's like you know as a bassist maybe i'm just kind of like Ooh, oh whoosh, i think this know. is i think this is a huge <laughs> example too of if the bass was removed i think you would really oh, notice it i agree 100 percent. it's like i think there are parts in the album where like you're listening and you don't necessarily like audibly hear the bass line or like oh that's a sick bass riff but then they drop it out for a sec and you're like yeah. oh, okay there's no bass anyways yeah sick song um, love that little slidey, downy, crashy bit. And then, you know, Dave Grohl just fucking rips the biggest solo yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's certainly self-indulgent, but it's just like, you're having oh, fun with them when so you're listening. It doesn't, so but it doesn't, okay, it doesn't come yeah. across that wanky. Like it is totally, but like something about. Well, it's cause it's a drum solo more or less. Right. Yeah, like it's, there's drum. I've, I've, I've heard drum solos where I'm like, okay, buddy. Also the live version of that with John Theodore, their new drummer is sick. It's like different. They change the song. Oh, and okay. It is. It's dirty. I highly recommend uh, listening yeah, to it. Cause he out. is, he, I think he gets a drum solo every time they play it, but he's a monster on the drums. I mean, yeah, it was, so I've, I've be... heard I'm still waiting yeah, to hear yeah, that on yeah, record. Waiting, but... I, uh, <laughs> I, trust me. I wasn't happy with how the drums were mixed on the new one. either. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the sky has fallen. Yeah. Um, once again, it has this rhythm or the rhythmic figure that, uh, Trevor's talking about, or that I've, uh, put on Trevor talking about and have stolen it as my own point about the rhythm, but where, uh, the verse, it's like half time into like a full time kind of thing. Um, it might not be the correct terminology for it, but it's the back half of the four bars picking up slightly. Um, I don't understand how, like, anytime I've played guitar, especially tuned low, with distortion, I mean, I guess it's natural distortion in this case for the most part, I can't get these little hammer-ons and pull-offs to ring out in such a low register, but, like, this riff is, is, just comes through so cleanly, and I think that's, um, a testament to Eric Valentine or whoever actually recorded it and he wrote his name on it because he was from Interscope or whatever Trevor was saying at the start. But, uh, yeah, what what is the right ear that's in the verses? It, there's, like, this weird haunting kind of... Oh, I think it's a synth. Yeah. They, yeah. they fucked around with a bunch of synths. I was watching a video of them what, in the studio. For was this. it Natasha? I don't know. I Honestly, it was, like, an, the video quality was kind of, wasn't the greatest, and, like, it was just, like, they were just, it didn't, I don't think it was a girl, so I don't I don't know who mm. Natasha is. Um, sounds like a Russian woman. <laughs> she is. I think she, she's Polish definitely European, or something right? like yeah. that, yeah. Um, she was in Queen's Estonia. That's potentially sure. insulting if you're Polish. Ult- I ultimately, I think the song is a little too long and kind of uninteresting, 
But um, I think I, it's well placed on the album. Like after, okay, no one. What is it? You have fucking I ain't worth a million or whatever. <laughs> into no one knows. Into songs for the dead. Those are like three like balls to the walls. Like you have to have something to like bring it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it, this isn't one of my favorite songs. But like when I'm listening to this album, I'm thankful that for one, there's not some radio interlude after. Well, there songs is after this. Don't yeah, worry. I know. Yeah. But like at least it goes like after songs for the dead. At least it goes nicely until like it just like brings the energy down a bit. And I think yeah, I think it's a nice thing. Um, I like the wide pan guitars in the uh, bridge, and it like the song really opens up a lot uh, at that point. And uh, oh yeah, I, I did. I do feel like at the end when it goes back into the close your eyes part, I kind of think. I'm kind of done with it at that point. Like, I like the song, so but... So I'm like, saying it's a little long. It overstays oh, okay. its yeah, welcome. I, yeah. I will agree with that. I do think maybe it's a bit long. And, like, I think it's it goes to the bridge and then it goes back into the chorus, close your eyes or whatever. Mm. And I think at that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm over this song. I have written down it should end after the bridge interlude. Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. kind of how I feel on it. Hold on, can we pause here for a second? Song for the deaf. That is for you. <laughs> I don't know how good my soundproofing in this room. Okay. I want it to ruin me of a voice, you know? How's the voice coming through? That's great. Okay. Uh, Trevor, you're in the middle of a point. Was I? <laughs> I don't know. Miles, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> well, this song uh, had FS marked above it and then crossed out. So, For hold... fuck's sake, this is long? <laughs> no, for favorite song. <laughs> uh, I think this song is... It just encompasses queens of the stone age very well it's got the stoner riff really repetitive it's about drugs even (laughs) the way he sings it is just like it's it gives the feel that he's just drugged out and the sky's falling it's such a cool cool concept and and the hi-hat work like stopping and starting exactly with like the rhythm of the guitars is just super (laughs) tight like so tight the crashes in the chorus are perfect. Josh's falsetto in the chorus is perfect. Uh, yeah, the one thing I did say was Oliver could be turned up a bit and maybe like let loose to wander a bit more because this, the song is kind of like super, super repetitive and there's not one instrument that's like going off doing its own thing. So I think it could benefit from him kind of wandering around a bit. Uh, I'm actually just going to interject here because I had written down on this song like nick really is a killer bass player and i think he's he's so um and maybe uh like maybe this isn't what you want you're coming with a drummer mentality i'm usually coming with a bassist mentality as my first instrument and i think the way he um like matches dave grohl in the verse is so perfect where he keeps it when it's uh dave grohl's just laying back a little bit and it's the dun 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 he's just hitting the low note but then when it just opens up a bit he goes up the fretboard and it's he just uh, yes. has such a feel for what to play yeah um, sorry continue uh and yeah well i was gonna say i love josh homie's spanish sounding guitar solo <laughs> and yeah you're right the song went on a little bit long but i think it's solid and fully encompasses the spanish, what queens of the stone age is about the spanish sounding guitar solo that's that's in like the little bridge before that yeah. Ta- yeah no i like that part yeah that's the part i like too i think it really opens up and changes things up i just think 
basically exactly what Colin said as well, that it should just probably... It's a touch long. It should maybe a, just end there. Or they could fade out on that last chorus. That would be maybe That's a good nice, idea. But I don't think they do that in any... Uh... Anyways, that's all um, I got to say. Good. I think it's well placed on the album. Yeah, personally. yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. And um, I would argue that the placement of this album is enhanced by their radio interludes, uh, one of which comes after this song. There's like uh, DJ slapping a baby and saying, KRDL, we spoil music. <laughs> I think that one's pretty funny. I think I could do without ever hearing the words elastic ass next to each other. I'd never want to hear that again. It always that weirds funny. me out. Um, <laughs> Elastic ass here in Chino Hills. And then we have the, that was a song called Millionaire, a song on, about something I'll never be. <laughs> and it's just like, that's such a good, like lame radio guy impression. I, I love that one. Um, and then all death metal all the time into Six Shooter, which is the sixth song. And uh, I'm not going to say it's my least favorite because it's a minute 19. It's a nice palate cleanser. Um, clearly the lyrical pinnacle of the album, this one, I think, uh, this is just like, okay, fine, Nick, you can have this, whatever, like go for it. This is funny. Throw it in. I don't, know. I don't either. You have strong opinions on it, but I said a bit much. I, I like this. This is my favorite, like little screamo short Nick song on their whole, like out of, out of all their albums. This one's my favorite. I honestly think that he could throw in an extra verse and keep dragging out a little <laughs> no, a minute no, and a half. No, 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 it's no, no. so quick. Yeah. It feels like it's. Oh, I, I kind of like it. I think it. that's. I think it's pushing well, its limit. Yeah, I think it's long enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's why I don't like this the is, other ones. This is what happens when you let bassists write songs. I will, I will <laughs> say I, I don't mind it. Like I think it's all right. It's it's perfectly placed in the album and it's fine. It's it's not harming anybody. Yeah. Except okay. for maybe the holy ears <laughs> no I, I will say i would rather them cut back on the radio uh i'd rather them cut <laughs> yeah. a minute of the radio stuff because they easily could and, and add still, another verse yeah. into that no and just leave that song on because the thing is they could cut a, rid- a a minute of the radio stuff and still have it in there it could still do all the same things anyways i won't I'll try no 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 it's a good point again. and i'm definitely being hypocritical because i know during the uh Sonic Youth Dirty Podcast, I was like, do we really need Nick Fit in here when the album's over an hour? This album's an hour, and we have Nick fitting in a song, so I don't know if we need it. <laughs> that, um, was a, that was I a was, good... Uh, it's not even written down. That's how good fi- I am. It's over 50 minutes because uh, there's at least 10 yeah. minutes of radio. Yeah, 9.2%. Were you counting the real song for the deaf in that? I did. Okay, I, yeah, because we're, so we're no. actually at more like eight and a half, because no, that's yeah. not part of the album. No, but I, I, what I did is it was all basically like non well no yeah. it is part of the album no it's not if you buy the cd which is what the medium is of the choice record? when uh i don't and think it is on so. the cd it's a hidden it's track yeah but CD. if you buy the cd you open the plastic and you put it in you will never hear the real song yeah okay the but is a hidden track at the end of a record part of the record 100%. yes if you just let it play like mosquito song not, is kind okay, of a hidden not, track it's not any different though like it's a, a hidden track is still a track on the record you would have to go out of your way to listen to the real song it, for the And death. it kind of is important because there's like busy city noise in it or like some city like... It's got the keys jangling before the engine yeah, starts and like, in Millionaire. Yeah, yeah, so it's like it's the start of the trip out to the desert. Yeah. So it makes sense. No, but that's in Millionaire. We're bouncing, we're bouncing around yeah. songs here. Yeah. Um, Anyways, Hang and Tree. Hang and Tree, right? yeah. Um, I mean, you'd write a song in 5-4. I'm 
instantly in. As long as it doesn't sound forced, which this doesn't, it just sounds like a cool, janky riff. Uh, This is written by Elaine Johannes mostly, and again, came from Desert Sessions. Um, Mark Lanigan, you were mentioning his voice earlier and saying, like, I don't want to like it, but I do. Here, he's, like, way more laid back and melodic, and it still works so well. Like, it's, it's, his voice is just so cool, I think, and um, I really like, I know, again, we mentioned it during Sonic Youth, at least I did, where I like the trade-off of vocalists in an album because it really breaks the repetition of an album, and and I think they're using all three really well here. Yeah, cool song. Uh, I I think that assuming a hanging tree is like a so- uh, a tree at which you would hang someone. Uh, I don't know if that's actually what it. Maybe it's I didn't like Urban Dictionary it or anything, but um, I think it's cool to think about like could be like a weeping willow too. Uh- I was, yeah, like I have in my notes that this song gives the imagery of like a hanging tree. Like, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just like... A, like a tree that someone would get hung off yeah, of? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, and I think... not I'm, what I thought of at all. I yeah, thought it of might, more like a weeping willow. That's like. probably more accurate. Um, because I was thinking along those lines, I just thought it was well, cool to even... the desert, right? Like, aren't there like... There's there's those trees that kind of like... Uh, they're not Joshua trees, I don't hey, think. You go far enough. There's people hanging from them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. Um, can I just say that I think it's interesting that like, you know, the hanging tree didn't choose to be a hanging tree. It's just a regular tree that had that put on I it. Think if that, that was the this... meaning. Also, it's kind of sad to think of... Um, Elaine talking about as we two are one when uh, Natasha's wife, who's featured on this album a little bit, passes away a couple years later. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah, that's Um, pretty rough. Yeah, I also have a note that I can't read what it says, so I'll let you, one of you, talk when I'm trying to read it. I like, uh, I don't, can't remember who you guys said who was singing on this song, but I do like the deeper singing voice. I, I think it's a nice change of pace. It's Mark Lanigan. Yeah, Mark Lanigan. Um, and I like the solo out of the bridge, and uh, it's around like 2:15 ish. And after the second chorus is good too. There's also like a siren part. Uh, I can't remember exactly where it comes well, in. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think it's and at that, 1:39. Yeah, and sure. it, that's super cool. And then like, okay, and great use of the radio thing. There's a little radio tune effect, very short little snippet right at the end of the song. Think that's great. Mm-hmm. It's short. <laughs> Anyways, you like the song, Amos? Yeah, I like the song. You guys pretty much covered it. Yeah, Mark kills it again. Yeah, good haunting vocals. It's like second verse. Yeah, I, I will say I have seen a version of Elaine Johannes playing this with a, a girl. I think he's playing the guitar or the ukulele or or no. So he plays some weird probably stuff. Probably a mandolin. Yeah. yeah. And there's a girl playing the violin with it too, and it sounds super cool and oh, super haunting. Definitely have to look yeah. that up. Um, the the note that I was unable to discern at first, um, I wrote that I, I think Josh's harmonies uh, in the in the chorus are such a nice foil to Mark's voice. Their voices work really well. And and I wrote down that uh, just to shit on Dylan's. I said nowadays he would just crank these harmonies so that you wouldn't even be able to hear Mark Lankin. <laughs> thought I should bring that up to shit on villains. I actually haven't listened to villains much or uh, I've only listened to their first one, Rated R, Era Vulgaris, and uh this one, Songs for the Deaf. But anyways, yeah, your good choices. Thank you. Um <laughs> next song is Go with the Flow single 2, such an obvious single. Um uh, I don't know why it's as 
anthemic as it is, but it just is so like this is such an obvious single, right? But it's also not like a sellout single. It's just a good song. Um, co- cool lyrics. Um, definitely a lyrical highlight on this uh, album. I like outside the frame is what we're leaving out. That's a cool line. I also like to lose is more than hesitate. Uh, I think that's the line. I can't even read my notes. Yeah. Uh, there's also the keyboard note playing the entire song yeah. in the right ear, which is cool. Um, yeah, obvious single. Yeah, I think it's a wicked song. Um, you know, I already I think I already mentioned this earlier, but yeah, there's the same drumming convention in the chorus mm-hmm. as in uh, No One Knows. Um, and there's a nice sexy little guitar lick uh, just in the second verse that comes in about like halfway through. 134? Uh, yeah, about <laughs> that, yeah. And uh, the vocals are really cool in the chorus, um, the way they're placed sort of in the stereo image. And yeah, sweet song. You know, everything else Colin already hit. Probably, I think, of definitely out of No One Knows, like the two big singles, No One Knows, Go With The Flow, I like Go, go With The Flow. Oh, I definitely like No One Knows better. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just yeah. so much weirder. This is too straightforward oh, for me I, to... I, I like, love this like, song. I cranked this on my way to work today. This song... How's your drive time commute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he needed a saga. Uh, this one is... It's a good song to drive to, for sure. I do think it's, like, kind of weird and crazy and, like... Like you guys didn't even mention it, so obviously it just works seamlessly. But it's just like, just a weird surf rockish like lead guitar that just leads in leads into the song, just like out of nowhere. You don't hear many songs like start out that way, which is kind of cool. Um, they I do love the there's like this violin. They make the guitar kind of sound like a violin. It's like, and it's just like. I think it sounds super cool. Like you could have used a violin, but you just made a guitar sound like a violin. <laughs> well, there sounds... are there are some strings on this album. Oh yeah, too. for sure. But this is cl- yeah, it's yeah. clearly a guitar. And they well, they do that volume. Uh, like I don't. I mean, they could have. I'm sure live they do it with a volume pedal, but they could have just faded it in like post production. But maybe they did it with the volume pedal too, where they kind of that gives it that the same attack as a violin. Well, right? yeah, they they even have this similar tone in like I think it's regular John or it's. It's kind of like a oh, guitar. regular John is a six. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a violin sounding <laughs> guitar. Um, but yeah, no, solid, solid single. It's it's still like I don't get tired of it. So no, yeah. yeah. I was this was a song where like uh, I definitely like back like I'd said earlier when Queens of the Stone Age was all the time on the radio. I'd kind of written this song off and just like oh yeah, I just another that song again. And then uh, yeah, listening to it like sort of actually listening to it and like loudly i'm like yeah fuck yeah 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 i do also like like josh homie has some like creepy lyrics uh in all of his history but like the cool one in this song is just like i can't wash you off my skin like that's just like a really cool way of conveying that uh but yeah and like so it's just like clearly a breakup song right yeah 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 gonna leave you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the next one, right? Yeah, it's hard yeah, work this in is, the music uh, this and is, hosting. This is um, Nick trying to break up with drugs. I'm pretty sure. Um, every I, I think every song he writes is about drugs. <laughs> filthy, filthy little bass at the start too. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I have almost nothing sound. written for this, and that's not to say I dislike it. I just think this is like the definition of a song on an album that's never going to be heard on the radio and is not going to be anyone's favorite song. I wrote down the chord progression because I thought it was interesting. Let's say uh, one flat three flat. Sorry. One flat three seven one all major chords, which is a pretty strange progression, but yeah. Well, it's like the borrowing the the third from the minor, but and but then a, the same with but the a seven. major seven. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like it's like half the natural step down from the yeah. So it's like a natural. It's like the natural minor. It's like no, not major a flat one. seven though. I'd... Oh, so it's a half step down yeah. from the one. Oh, that is so. It's a strange progression. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Hopefully, someone has better notes than that on this song. Um, I don't know. I like the song. I like the vocal sound, and uh, I I. I like the Nana Nas in this, and uh... Rare. Yeah, it is rare. <laughs> I also have something about the chorus quiet lo-fi. Not sure what <laughs> I'm referring to, apparently at 150. So anyways, but yeah, there's a weird gnarly guitar solo and I think it kind of works, but yeah, I don't know, it's alright. Some other weird guitar sounds and stuff. It's, I would say it's kind of like, uh... What's that other earlier song that we mentioned? First It Giveth, maybe? It's alright, you know? I probably like First It Giveth better than this. Yeah, I think we hit a bit of a lull here for the next couple songs for me. Um, the solo at, like, 155 is still dirty. Uh, it just doesn't compare, really. It doesn't stack up to, like, the caliber of the rest of the songs, which, I no. mean, it's, it's hard to, but... Uh, Nick does his best, falls short <laughs> for me. Um, so far, Mark's Mark's winning my heart. Here. Yeah, no kidding, eh? And like Nick has songs that I like. I think Autopilot off Rated R is a cool oh, song. Oh yeah, but yeah, that's a really um, good song. I definitely would rather listen to a Josh. I mean, I've never listened to Nick's side project Mondo Generator once. I've never had the urge to. So <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just like definitely about drugs, like. Everything yeah. scars the skin. Push it in. Yeah, break stomping it off, his like, heart too. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, some... uh, yeah. All right, on, on to the next one. Do it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> Jesus! Like that's definitely the the feature of this song, right? Is the <laughs> hey legit legit scared me. This is a fun song though. It's super dancey and like yeah. Um, it's kind of carried just by the killer guitar tone. I feel like because. The riff is nothing special, but it's it just sounds so cool. And the little I I hate to say it, the haze are cool. I, like I mean them. the groove is pretty good. Like I like the flam on the snare and like uh yeah, it's just a good like I feel like this would be a hell of a lot of fun to play live. Well they played this live at um their most recent visit to Victoria that you were talking about being at. And I remember <laughs> yeah. thinking, like, really? This is this is I what mean, they're going with live? But, like, it was, like, you know, it got the hips shaking a little yeah, bit, right? It's, like, got a, it's definitely got a dance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. Um, I don't think this is a very cryptic lyrical song I do song dig the bass either. line in the chorus on this song. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Oh, in the chorus. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, Nick's a good guitar player. Uh, Miles, you got strong feelings? Sounds like no, because you said it was a lull of the album. Yeah, it's, a, it's another slight miss. The bass is nasty. Um, there is a part, like, the second guitar comes in, uh, in, like, the right ear at, like, 28 seconds. Either 28 or 23. I can't read my own writing. But it's, <laughs> Wait, like, sorry. it's it's almost unnoticeable, but, like when I picked it up, I was just like, oh, that's kind of tight. Just like, 
just a little thing like that that was i thought that was cool but other than that like yeah it's a cool dancey vibey song but also no solo i think this might be the only song in the album that doesn't have a solo yeah <laughs> which possibly. is kind of ridiculous yeah i guess you're right <laughs> yeah. actually i don't know if six shooter does either actually but yeah no i don't think so um we we done with this one and you got anything else not really yeah. i mean like i said i like yeah. the it's it's an all right song gonna leave you do it again first it give it i think they're all kind of like they're still the thing is this album is so solid like good uh, songs get lost a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah exactly um so we have another radio interlude after this which is like and probably a minute of nothing yeah. i can and, tell you exactly how long yeah. it is it's a minute and six seconds <laughs> and i have written down that i kind of like that there's nothing notable here and it's it's just like is that the one where they end with the cocaine <laughs> no 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 no. that's later in the album uh this is actually just a random radio scrambling okay, for like a minute yeah. and six seconds i guess um into god is on the radio even though he says god is in the radio in the lyrics i'm pretty sure is strange Since god is in the radio here yeah Oh, then I wrote it down wrong. <laughs> Come on, Colin. Six song. Um, yeah, this is the. Uh, oh, I have God's on. I have God is on the radio too. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe Apple Music. No, it's is God is in the radio. Oh, that's what I have. This is the return of the high keys note in the right ear again. Yeah. It it starts yeah. off the song. Um, it's this is such a sleazy '70s riff. Killer. Wait, wasn't it the bell? Oh, I was, no, it's the symbol bell. Bing. Is it a bell? Am I? I thought. No, it, no, no, no. It's definitely a key. All right. Um, it says God is on the radio in Apple Music, but it says God is in the radio. There are two releases of this album. I wonder if uh, one of them says on and one of them says oh, maybe. in. maybe. Strange. Um, I, I think... I, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. Oh, I was gonna, just going to say, I went on Spotify, you can like switch. It says like one other release at the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I switched between them, and I was like, nothing changed except <laughs> on this other release. I don't, like, it doesn't have me as liking the songs. So maybe that was, I just didn't notice of those. Anyways, that's, yeah, a, that's a digression. Yeah, um... I just think this is such a sick, sleazy guitar riff. Got the like ZZ Top feel to it, kind of. The marching drum beat's really cool. Um, my favorite part by far is the gaps in the chorus where there are two bars the first time and then there are five the second time, which is just so like, who leaves a gap of five bars in their song? Yeah. Especially the first one that's silent. So like, if you're not counting it, you're not ready for it to come back. They do kind of ruin it though by doing, by like explaining how long it is by doing the kick. Well, that's after though, so it's okay. I know, but it would still be cool if they didn't do that. Uh, I, 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 I kind of like the change up of because I, I just think they keep you on your toes mm. with it. Like when you're not like, yeah, like you said, if you're not counting it, you kind of just like, it's not random, but it, it kind of just like, it yeah, it just keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Um, I think it's the subject matter of the song which i think has pretty cool lyrics even though i'm not exactly sure what they're about um i think it's kind of like meta that they're talking about like the what's on the radio when the album mm -hmm. is about what's on the radio i think mm -hmm. that's that's pretty cool uh mark and josh cool vocals again and this is probably my favorite solo on the album um if if either of you guys I, i'm pretty sure miles has seen and i don't know if you have trevor the josh Hami guitar moves interview on youtube with matt sweeney but he talks about this like Hendrix bend that goes, hey, and uh, he's like citing an example of this solo in that video, which always, since I've seen that video, I was like, oh, that's that's from God in Radio. Uh, yeah, really cool song. One of my favorites on the album. Is it, is it not your, your all time? Or your, your favorite favorite or no? 
No, Song for the Dead, I said. Was, oh, did you, oh, you did? Yeah, I, ultimately I think, my favorite. I don't know. Actually, I, I do know what song is my favorite favorite, and it hasn't happened yet. But right. uh, this is probably a close second or third. Yeah, song. for yeah. me too. Oh, uh, this one is, is my favorite song. Mm. You know what's funny? Uh, and sorry to cut you off <laughs> you there, but I knew was... that. I don't know how, but I was listening to it in the car earlier, and I was like, I think this is Miles' favorite song. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that that piano note sounds so good. And di- did Natasha? Uh, I'm pretty sure she like contributed to this album. Yeah, she's. So um, would... I know she. She is. I at least the that she DJ at the... the end of song for the death. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I just assumed she was doing. Like, I'm not all sure the who did the keys. Too. I probably should have looked that up. I'm I also pretty, just because yeah. I'm pretty sure her and Elaine Johannes helped. Right? Yeah, they're definitely like in and around the studio when this is being recorded. So I, th- I thought it was just like that's hilarious that Natasha just has to do that for a full song. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I think this is the best song for uh, Mark and Josh's vocal harmonies. And yeah, I agreed with you. Sickest solo on the album, like hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, Wait, like, do you like the solo before the quiet part or after? Before. Better? Same. Yeah. Before. Yeah, oh, yeah. and before they actually somehow made it sound like God is in the radio with like the weird someone speaking in tongues really quietly, which is oh, I completely eerie. Oh wait, it's, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a weird so I took, part. It's all reversed. And yeah, I took, yeah, yeah, totally. I took that as like the opposite. So I, I it's thought like the devil, that, man. Yeah, I thought okay. that it like represented the devil going against like traditional radio and stuff. Well, because there is that and, whole thing, like you know, they used to say, like if you play this backwards, it's like the devil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, is, but if it sounds like the devil, maybe if you play the devil backwards, it's God. Maybe, maybe <laughs> if you play this song backwards. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an Easter egg in there if you reverse no, it. No, it would have already been discovered. <laughs> True, I didn't look it up though. Did yeah, you? it would have been like the yeah. first thing yeah, ever. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Your favorite song? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's just like kind of a big, just a fu- big fuck you to radio. And uh, yeah, I really like how the drum. It's like I feel like this song is like them against the radio, and that's what that whole devil thing was against. And the the whole like even the drum beat the, with the marching drum like it sounds like going to war sort of yeah. like it, I, I I think it's really cool how yeah the it, the song starts with the drum the marching drum sound and then ends and fades out with the the marching drum sound which is really cool. Ironically, yeah. if you're gonna pick another single, it's probably this song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you were about the to man say that you got sidetracked, Miles, but the like slow fade out of all the close mics on the drums at yeah. the end, so yeah. it's just like the mm. real mic pretty cool thing i've definitely it's like a led zeppelin thing i'm pretty sure i think they did it yeah i don't i don't know the reference of the song where led zeppelin was the first band to do that but i i don't know i feel like probably that's true basically just talking out of my ass all right on to uh another love song what do you think colin Song uh, least favorite song. I don't know why we like this. Is so similar to "Gonna Leave You" in that it's a Nick song that's like a little bit boring. The album's too is... long. Please remove it from the album. I have two notes. One is removed from album, and one is that uh, one of the lyrics is about how Nick is breaking up with a girl with a letter. I would. I can't <laughs> Which is bad. I I would not even throw it into the same boat as "Gonna Leave You." The only thing I like about this song is that it sonically it has a little bit different of a sound. And like honestly, if this was on a different if this wasn't on this album, I don't think I would... It's not like I think it's... I don't think it's actually a bad song. I just think relative to everything else on this album, it's just fucking boring. Yeah, like, totally agree. It's just like the lyrics are almost the same the entire thing, entire way through. Uh, yeah, like... It's also like, it's a little 
cliche of lyrical. Oh, it's, I feel like it's okay, tongue in cheek. Though. Yeah, that, especially following up the last song, I think it's perfect. Okay, mm, I didn't look point. at it that way. That is that a good, is good point. point. Like, but I, I think, think it is tongue in cheek. Yeah, totally. That, like, it's yeah. just like I'm. This is a shit chorus that I'm just gonna say. This yeah. is a love song. This is a love song. Like, yeah. pretty much fuck you, radio. Like, I think it's perfectly placed after. God's in the radio. Sorry, I'll let you finish up, though. Oh, no, that's pretty much it. I I did just realize uh, at one point I wrote a song that was also kind of the same idea of this song. (laughs) It was, like, making fun of, like, basically how every song is a love song. It was just, like, me basically being, like, yeah, another love song. Honestly, though, I I bet you if you look at the lyrics, he's probably just saying about drugs and he's just in (laughs) love with them. (laughs) I will say my lyrics were better in that song than in this song. Probably the song wasn't better. Like, probably people would shit on it. But well, Nick Nick has a little bit of forced rhyme syndrome out of the Kim Gordon school, I'll say. But like this, there's just like very little lyrical content to this song in general. Like, yeah, does he but, say any other words than another, just another love song? He says he's yeah. out of your womb. Oh, okay. oh no, that's gonna no, leave that's you, isn't it? One. Yeah. See, I'm getting them mixed up. Like, does again, he? Like, is there <sighs> actually only just another love song? Is there actually only four words? No, no he no, said like when you read lyrics. my letter, I'll oh, be okay, gone. Okay. <laughs> okay, so maybe 15 words. Uh, Miles, do you have anything I, to? I, yeah. I just disagree with you guys like I I don't think it's a great song by any means but I think it's like so thematic to the whole album of just like kind of mocking the radio and stuff like that that I think it's just like hey Nick like let's write a goofy funny song just poking fun perfectly placed after God's on the radio do I think it could be the length of six shooters and I'd probably (laughs) be happier yeah for sure like (laughs) a minute and a half of this two minutes of this is fine definitely definitely uh, too long but I don't know. It's yeah, like Trevor said, it's a super fresh sound from the rest of the yeah. album, and that's what what make what I think it makes it kind of this satirical, goofy song. Yeah. It's just like it is so different from the rest that it's just like and like just a weird Spanish guitar. Yeah, solo. super like chorusy guitar. Yeah. Which yeah. Is... I will say that is like like yeah, like me and Miles said. The only saving grace for me is that it's a nice uh, sonic change from everything else on the album, and and uh, to foreshadow a little bit, it kind of. Things do start to change a little bit as we come to an end here. Yeah. With, uh, well, we get the uh, W-O-M-B, the womb. Here is something you are too stupid to... I, I can't she remember kills. what it goes. Yeah. She kills the voice radio. is cool. Kills and I, my ears no, every time I, I think it's I really cool. This, this is a short one, though. This is, this is a short one, and it. Um, I think it goes pretty naturally into the squealing that starts off song, song for the deaf which is yeah. such a killer track yeah um i do like the start of songs for the deaf i will say it's, i think how it's does a, this have the least oh and actually views, i do i do because it's at okay the end of i, I oh, shat on yeah. it but i do actually like the way this leads into song for the yeah Death. this thank is you. one of the parts that i think works uh, yeah, it's this is... so eerie with the screeching guitar and like yeah. the the bass line is is really really interesting and killer riff the chorus guitars when they bring in like the open strings are just massive yeah uh, the lead in the second chorus is really cool. Not the uh, the harmonies, which I'm kind of indifferent on. The harmonies and the the breaks of the song. I don't really like those, to be honest. And I feel like they're supposed to be like an iconic part of the album, considering they're featured in the preamble when Kit Casper is talking at the start of the Millionaire. Um, but love the verses, love the chorus. Um, I could listen to the ambient feedback at the end of the song for like five minutes straight and not get bored of it it's just so huge also mark lanigan goes says 
the blind can go get fucked beside the ditch, which is just so ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Uh, I do think this song's underrated. Like, looking at its play count relative to everything else on the album. I think it's a function of being the second last song on the album. Well, but look at Mosquito Song, which is the last song. Yeah. And, like, True. it has, like, three times the plays. This is uh, close to my favorite song on the That's album. That's so strange. This has to be, like, something's up with that. Well, I know, like, I'm, I'm, like, what are the plays on Six Shooter? Like, is it more than two million? Yeah, it's six. Like, what? Six okay. Shooter. Like, <laughs> like, it's, the data's wrong. Something's no, wrong. No, that's probably just people putting on song for the yeah, dead and then leaving it. That's true. And it's a short song, too. Mm-hmm. Although, but I think, like, yeah, like, oh, when, I, really I don't know when it registers as a listen, seconds. right? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, and actually, there is a band that did, uh, to take advantage of that, they made an album of like only it might be less than thirty seconds, but it's something like that. That were only thirty second songs, <laughs> just because like, that's brilliant. when the payout happens. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is one of the best songs of the album. Uh, Trevor, it seems like you think it's middling. Yeah, I think it's middle range for me. Like I would put it above, uh, like, f- uh, yeah, I'd probably put it above first we give it and those other ones that are also solid tunes. But yeah, there's like a lot of sweet little guitar licks. Uh, the breaks out the break after the second verse around like two minutes forty five seconds with the weird delay uh, is cool. And like there's like the yells and stuff in the background in the third verse that just like change it up. I think they're like panned back and forth as well. Um, yeah, and like you said, like really sick start to the song. It's just like eerie and like the vibe is perfect. Yeah, like, they dial is- in the atmosphere. Yeah, it's like the dungeon dark sex. That's what I think of. Yeah. When I think of this like just like you beside have a girl the over and you just <laughs> <beside> <laughs> the you just put this Blind song on. It. You're like to get <laughs> this is my favorite love me yeah. song. <laughs> Honestly, like if you're into S and M, yeah. Yeah, no, I just I I love this song. It's definitely top five for me for sure on this album. The guitar tones are sweet. The tom work is just super super good the toms just sounds so good on this whole album but like when when it's just like being led by the toms it sounds sounds super super drivey keeps the song going um there also is a line uh, canary in a gilded cage mm-hmm. singing and then it's followed by like some yeah it's kind of like a whistling guitar almost yeah 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 Yeah, and it sounds super cool there's a lot of that screeching earlier you were talking about the guitar isn't this they do the guitar leads in thirds too isn't that i didn't i did not check that actually i didn't ear it out myself but it sounds like uh a third well the the thing i noted earlier on first it gave us what the they're all major thirds, which is this. I don't think yeah. they're all major. I think no, it's maybe I, yeah. minor, if, major, something. I, don't I think know it would exactly. be like a diatonic mix of thirds if it is yeah. here. But, uh, but I don't. It is a I don't cool know. Little uh, chordal guitar melody, like kind of deal, you know. So yeah, so you like that better than I do. Then the yeah, see, I yeah, I just yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, Miles. So this is going in my ear. Oh no worries. Also, just like. Yeah, Mark Lanigan, I didn't even realize he crept into this song on his own until I was, like, actually listening yeah. to, like, take notes. But, yeah, he just has, like, this one Land solo part. <laughs> yeah, just, just <laughs> the one solo part, and he kills it. Yeah. And, like, but, yeah, again, him and Josh's harmonies in this song are, are, are super good as um, well. If you, by the way, like the guitars and the open string sound in the chorus as much as I do, it's very reminiscent of a like a one minute song by Caius called day one which is Wait, really are you cool. talking about first we give it now no i'm talking about this song oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Kaya's day so, one. Similar idea as the chorus. Yeah, but you song. have to listen to that guy's voice, which... No, it's <laughs> nice and melodic for once, yeah. And I, I mean, we didn't talk... Oh, yeah. But, yeah, well, exactly. You can see why... That's a terrible impression, too, but... That wasn't far off. Um, mosquito song ends it. Um, there's some more silence. There's actually a lot of silence here. That's not even the radio stuff. Yeah, this it's is just when silence. it goes into the... <laughs> yeah, so it's, so it's, it's them <laughs> imitating feel-good hit of, of the, the summer. summer off yeah. the last album, which they also imitate later in Rated R, so yeah. it's just really odd that they bring it back. It's like, this is just so obviously drug-fueled. I don't know, it <laughs> seems like they would be fun guys to hang out with, honestly. I, <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah. Crack some good jokes. It would be a good time. Um, and then it goes into uh, the last radio segment where the this is Dave catching here, not saying goodnight. Just saying, which I just think is cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. It reminds me of have you have you guys seen uh fuck what's that movie? The Big Lebowski, the narrator for that movie, yeah, the guy with the cowboy hat. It's like the dude. Anyways, just saying. As far as Mosquito Song goes, is this a twelve string? It sounds like a twelve string to me. I don't think it is. I think it's a double acoustic. Okay, because a twelve string it. I thought that too. I, I, it does sound, I agree. It sounds like a 12 string, but I, I think it's a doubled acoustic. Like I think they played. It's doubled so excellently then. That's crazy. Yeah, maybe it is a 12 string. Cause I thought that at first too, but then I was like, no, I don't know, but it sounds awesome. It's like, yeah, I don't know any other song that, uh, has this wide and like beautiful of an acoustic guitar. Like it's so big and it's... in the stereo. Like it's huge. Yeah, it really is. I, and I, I have I have in my notes too that the guitar, the acoustics just sounds so. Well, yeah, and like it, it's, just so, it's just so it's just so jarring compared to like ninety percent of this album being down tuned, distorted guitars. This just like Brightened It's it. like it's beautiful anyway, but it like it almost has to sound beautiful because yeah. of how that is. I, I mentioned earlier, there's. Uh, acoustic on first giveth for like 10 seconds it's like you're just and then, coming down from the drugs right yeah now. and and a second lesson theme so far has been album closers that are completely yeah. almost opposite of the rest of the album and this is my favorite one that we've had in the podcast so far it's this just this is my favorite song yeah the album. there's strings and accordion Amazing. and horns and, it's so and yeah like to yeah. to to have an album like what they've put out and then close it off with like basically an acoustic orchestral track. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is ballsy. And also the first time I ever heard this song, uh, an old friend of mine, a local jazz musician, Wes Carroll, we were like on the beach. I don't know, maybe either just graduated high school or in high school. And, uh, he was like on the beach playing the song on acoustic guitar and then I was like, oh, like, what song is that? Like, is that a song you wrote? And he's like, no, no it's like, Queens Mosquito of the Stone song. Age. Yeah. And I don't even think he told me it was like Queens of the Stone Age at the time. I, I love like, how you oh. said it like you're yeah, obviously Mosquito yeah, song, well, man. I mean, because it was probably like, yeah, but yeah, no, I didn't know it. And shout then, out uh, Wes. Yeah, shout out to Wes Carroll if you like jazz. He's your man. He's your man. But yeah, anyways, sorry uh, if you had more things to say. Well, no, I, I didn't. Hyped, um, I do really like... Though, again, another interesting lyric about mortality, all of us food that hasn't died. It's a yeah, weird, that's, strange way to look at life. That's super cool. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, very, very truthful. Uh, Miles, your thoughts? Uh, well, it's Trevor's favorite song. Why don't you go off here, Trev? Uh, yeah, okay. So, like, I will say the 
I'm pretty sure there's sleigh bells in this song as well at one point, like near the end. There's I, think, like, I think every yeah. instrument in the studio came out for this one. Oh, and yeah. like it's all recorded so well. Like I have to say, like this is probably a song uh, where like I'm assuming Eric Valentine pulled a lot of weight in like recording it. I thought you said and, you like, didn't do anything, man. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> and no, their exact words were like, he mostly just did recording. Basically, from what I, I think, read, he like most of the stuff he recorded stayed. That's almost the op. Well, what they say- I, the band says otherwise. Sorry, but, yeah, yeah. mosquito but- song. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail. Yeah. No, no, but I mean the the band was like, yeah, some of the stuff like when you when it's bad, like you know, you just have to read, you just have to get better stuff. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't but- know the source that I read this from, but it just said that despite the band being unhappy and saying that he did not get that they didn't use much of his stuff. Most of the stuff he recorded was used for the final product. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But anyways, yeah, great song. Honestly, I just think it's really excellently recorded. It's ballsy. It's a great closer to an album that, like, you know, there's been a few breaks in between, but for the most of the part, it's balls to the walls. You know, most of the songs aren't... And, like, I haven't even deep dove into the lyrics on this, but they're, like, interesting and, like... I don't know, like... It seems to be from a mosquito's point of view at, at some point. Yeah, or it's like <laughs> uh, or it's like a metaphor for, like, shooting drugs. That was the other thing. Like, cause it talks about, like, sucking your blood and stuff. Like, you know, if you're shooting heroin, then, like... And I don't know, like, what drugs uh, Queens of the Stone Age does and doesn't uh, I'll do. I'll just listen Everything. to Feel Good Hit of the <laughs> yeah, Summer yeah. and you'll know. Um, but, like, that could definitely be another take on it. But, yeah, probably the best-sounding acoustic guitar I've ever heard. And just like everything sounds amazing, I think there was like an accordion at one point. Yeah, there which was. Is like yeah. hard to pull off and in a good way. But anyways, that's all I got to say. Favorite song, amazing, speaks for itself. Yeah, just like such such creepy haunting vocals by Josh. He's so good at doing that. Perfect end to the album, and it's just so cool how it's just like it's almost like an going to the opera. Like this is something you'd hear at the opera, like some tragedy happening and it's just like so epic so ballsy so good there is a sick violin super high pitch and it passes from right to left and left to right and i think that it's cool how uh the horns are in the left ear opposing uh josh's harmonies which are in the right and then the horns transition and shift to center volume, and then the violins shift to left to oppose Josh's uh, harmonies on the right. And also at 4:30, there's a violin that imitates a mosquito sound. Yes, 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 yes. It sounds, it sounds exactly yeah. like a mosquito. Yeah. I was like, Holy, that sounds cool. So maybe Chet will throw that in there. There's, if you guys also, are lucky. there's also the little taste. Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool. Uh, okay, so it sounds like all of us really like this album. Oh, and we should mention that they did kind of hint into the next album. Well, they didn't know. They took their next okay, album's okay, name right, from right, lyrics. Right, so right, 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 right. And, and, and Josh Homme is the biggest like revisionist of his own album? history. What, what, Lullabies. It's called so Lullabies to Paralyze, which is a lyric from the last song. And I'm sure if you interview Josh Homme, oh yeah, I planned that because he lies about stuff like that all the time. Um, <laughs> you caught him lying about stuff like that. <laughs> How, How do you know him? So him? Like, if, if you if you listen to an <laughs> interview, you Josh like, me like I do. I'm not. No, obviously, I don't know the guy. If you watch, you can just tell he's. Do you knew Tom Morello as well as I do? I, I think he's a pretty chill, nice guy now. Well, 
it seems like yeah it. I, I wasn't talking about whether he's nice or not oh i thought you were gonna say he's a dick i think he's pretty cute um yeah whatever uh I don't feel like arguing at this point in the podcast, so I'll drop that one. Um, ultimately, I think we all like the album. Uh, definitely one of my favorite albums. I probably don't listen to it enough because I enjoy the shit out of it every time I listen to it, so I should probably just listen to it more. I can tell you exactly why. I don't yeah, to yeah, it and much. you did, uh, and and fair enough. And and like it's it, and it is also like now that we're in the digital age, if you just want to pick out a song and then afterwards, there's this radio stuff at the end like I, that's kind of annoying for sure um no but i like listening that's the thing is i actually like listening to the album all the way through and so it annoys me <laughs> there's like all this and okay it's part of the experience. okay i don't even want to i've already yeah. said everything that there is to say about it um i i i do love this album i think it's great obviously it sounds amazing uh you know the lows are like not even that low on the album i think this is you know it'd be fair to say this is one of the top rock albums of the last like two decades oh yeah 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 maybe would... rivaled by them crooked vultures for me yeah which maybe that episode that we recorded <laughs> will one day see the light of day yeah maybe uh, guys yeah <laughs> um yeah i think that's uh, we're probably like way over long yeah. um i do just want to say that uh, i'm not sure how much of the preamble about me being angry about modern queens of the stone age will stay in the intro so i just want to reiterate i don't like them very much anymore and also that uh, I don't think I highlighted enough that um, Josh's singing on this album is really incredible and we didn't really talk about it, but he he's a great vocalist. Actually, I'm not, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of his vocals, but I really mm. like them on Mosquito Song. Not that I don't think he's a good, don't get me wrong, I don't, not that I don't think he's a good vocalist. Uh, I just think he leans on the falsetto a little bit too heavily. He does. And like, it gets, a, it just, I'm like, oh, like. It's another reason why I kind of wrote them off. Is I was like, oh, it's just another Queens, and like it does have a different sound. I do like that they, It's pretty cool. Though. They what? change it up with having the other vocalists in it's the huge. album is is huge. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's I'm not I'm not trying to say he's a because obviously he is a talented singer, um, but he's not. And like some of my favorite vocalists probably aren't technically that good. <laughs> um, Stay tuned for next episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, anyways, Miles. Okay, last thing I have to say is New Queens of Stone Age is uh, <laughs> pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And I will say that I do think him being like a, I think he is a better good person now. He did like have to get resuscitated. Well, none of after us know what the guy's surgery. like. I mean, there's no point in talking uh, about okay, it. Okay, but well, I'm just saying that the point in maybe talking about it, well, <laughs> the point in me bringing it up is that kind of you can hear like in when you, he seems on camera a more kind of dick of a person. The music is a lot more hard and a lot more crazy and chaotic. And as he seems to grow older and as all of us do and get wiser and learn life lessons, you can become a bit softer and so has their music. And I, I think that it's, it's good still. And yeah, yeah I will say you. along the, that vein, not that I'm uh, saying that I do or don't like modern Queens cause I probably don't, but I haven't given enough of a listen to really say, no, oh, yeah, you have. but I, uh, I can say that, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with a band changing. And even if a band changes in a way that I don't particularly like, I can respect that they're like, mm-hmm. um, want to take a different direction. And like I, I think when you know when I was younger, I definitely fell into the old like, oh, they're fucking sellouts. Oh, like, yeah, I did too. Yeah, stay if, tuned then, for next you episode. Know, as you were just saying, you get older and you get wiser, 
And uh, and yeah, like whatever. You're like if if I was a band and was doing that for a living, like fuck, man, I wouldn't yeah. want to just make the shit that people want to hear all the time because I know that's what they want to hear. Like, like who cares? To, yeah. yeah, to put a cap on that, um, I also don't think that me as a listener should be um, discredited from liking a particular era more than another. No, you're discredited. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, what's the next album, Trevor? We got uh, a real deep cut. Uh, the, cla- <laughs> the deepest. I still cut. can't yeah. find it. Yeah. <laughs> Not on. You might be able to find it on YouTube. Otherwise, it's their Bandcamp. Uh, it's a Cloud Nothings album. I'll preface it. Oh no, I'm not going to say anything other than it's the Black Hole Understands by Cloud Nothings. Um, and yeah, uh, I hope you guys stay tuned for that one. All right. Well, this is Colin speaking for Miles and Trevor. Not saying good night. Just saying. Stay tuned for the next episode of the second listen. The second listen.